The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy, Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul, Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. It is the top of the week. This is where, uh, this is where our team finally makes the decision to choose one story each out of all the crazy stuff we have read and share it with you, our fellow conspiracy realists. We're talking about crime. We're talking about crypto. We're talking about, uh, we're talking about Wordle, finally, in a, um, in a fascinating true crime way. Yeah. And we are also, we're also diving into, um, very interesting story about QAnon, kind of a depressing story. Uh, it's one for the lepidopterist in the crowd. No spoiler, but I, I never get to use that word. So it's it's for you, lepidopterist. 
Well, we learned two new words today. And when I say we, I mean me, um, that word, and also the word synecdoche, which I, I knew mm-hmm. from the name of the movie Synecdoche, New York, but I never fully understood what it meant. And Ben, you did a great job of explaining. It's sort of like when one thing becomes a stand-in for a larger thing, kind of, right? And then what yeah, is a lepidopterist? Yeah. Uh, Lepidopterus, an expert on butterflies. And that is just another example of how incredibly unfair the English language is to people learning it, right? Uh, You, uh, we, we'll, we'll get into that in a second, but I think maybe, Matt, maybe we start today with your story, which involves true crime, involves Wordle. It's an ongoing situation, right? I think this is still, uh, this, this is a story that hasn't yet concluded, but maybe, maybe the first way to get into it. Uh, can we talk a little bit about Wordle? Have you ever sure. played it, Matt? I know we you can talk about Wordle, as long as you don't want to start by talking about the fact that some unknown intelligence operators within the sphere of the United States are, uh, as of the day we're recording this, saying that Russia might invade Ukraine by Wednesday, which would be last week. Yeah. As you're hearing this, that's yeah. okay. We don't have to think about that. Yeah, my, <laughs> my mom said that they closed the American embassy in Kiev. Yes, they've relocated. Uh, the embassy staff that is remaining in country has been relocated to the western part of Ukraine. And uh, we have been talking about this behind the scenes for a while. Uh, my My contacts in that part of the world are either very scared or very excited depending on <laughs> depending on uh, their motivations I'm trying to be diplomatic here but but also one of the only countries that hasn't issued a leave now order is Ireland Ireland has weirdly enough said uh, just keep it to essential travel and <laughs> that's that's a that's a strange flex but if you um, on Twitter I was talking with some folks about this earlier as well if you are studying geopolitical tensions, you don't really need to put too much weight on what politicians are saying to their domestic audiences. I mean, that's a part of the calculation, but what you need to look at are the actions. So follow the supply chains, follow the logistics, and ask yourself about timing, um, you know, ask in the case of Ukraine uh, and Crimea, uh, we did we did an episode back in the day that still stands like it actually holds water. And thanks to I think it was Eric, longtime listener, and fellow conspiracy realist Eric, who gave us a, a kudos for that episode. Um, if you look at if you look at what happens with the idea of annexation, um, I don't know. I wish more people in the West were talking about the Minsk protocols or Minsk agreements from the Russian perspective, that's, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for a hard guarantee that Ukraine will never become a member of NATO. And they're also looking for uh, compliance to the Minsk agreements. But the problem with that is that the government of Ukraine and the government of Russia, AKA our boy Vlad, don't agree on what the agreement means. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but, but Ben, most importantly though, I can't get today's brain teaser, y'all. It's oh, real okay. hard. I'm having a hard. Having a hard <laughs> All right, well that's that's why Wordle is so important, guys, because this kind of stuff is really is happening. We need something. <laughs> it is, and something. Wordle exists. Lord. 
So it, you can, if you don't know what Wordle is, I'm surprised, but that's okay because I didn't know what it was until just a little while ago. But you can head over to New York Times, nytimes.com slash games slash Wordle. New York City. I think it's also slash Wait index. Minute, I've, been, I've been using .html. Oh, yep, yep. It already it already updated because they bought it like in the last less than a month. I mean, it was like a UK URL when I was turned on to it, and then I heard Wordle that the U, the, the New York Times had mm-hmm. bought the things, and now the the uh, the URL has. It's magically changed. I just noticed because I've had the same. I've had it open in the same tab ever since I found out about it. Yes. So it is yeah. a game. It is a word guessing game. Mm-hmm. It is delightful. I recommend you try it. You get six attempts to name a five character word or guess a five character word, and it you know it tells you which ones are wrong, which ones are right, which ones are right but not in the right place until you get it right. Hopefully, and when you do get it right, it's become a fun thing to share. On usually on social media or just between, you know, text messages or something, the, the results, how many guesses you got it in. Like, oh, man, I got today's. And you see three. it in this little grid, right? Mm-hmm. Little mm-hmm. like little squares of like, you know, which ones were a correct attempt. I think the most important thing to, to think about with this is it's the same word for everybody, which is where the stroke of genius lies in the whole enterprise. In my I, I would say the, the big stroke of genius and the reason it struck such a chord with people, the reason New York Times bought it is because it is self-limiting. It allows you, regardless of who you are, it allows you one puzzle per day. Exactly. And, a good friend of ours who is a spectacular author, and and I think we're, we're – so we hang with this guy, we'll introduce you to one day, who looks a lot like David Lynch. He's not David Lynch, but he looks a lot like David Lynch. He's super cool. Uh, I know we're, we're being by necessity a little bit vague here, uh, but he also <laughs> – he has opinions about Wordle being purchased by the New York Times, and uh, – he uh, he may strike a chord with some of our fellow Wordle enthusiasts because this guy, this mystery fellow, is of the opinion that since New York Times acquired Wordle, they have changed the um, the guess words, like the words you're trying to guess. They have changed them to more reflect the brand of the New York Times, and he is on a scale of one to not happy, very unhappy about it. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I, I don't, oh gosh, we can't talk about him yet, but you, you're going to meet him soon enough. And Wordle is just, I think what you're establishing here, Matt, is that Wordle has become a kind of communicative currency for a lot of people, right? Like you might have, you might have friends that you don't necessarily catch up with on a regular basis because not everybody hangs out every day, like the five of us. So, so you might, uh, you might only be communicating with them by sending that neat little grid. So everybody can see that you guessed the correct word on the third try, or even the second try. Uh, and people have built a ritualization and yes. a regularity through this. And that's where, that's where we start to see today's story. Yes, correct. Uh, that's why a lot of people are posting it on social media. That's the, I would say, the standard ritual. For some, it's more of a, you know, communication between one other person or a couple other people, like family or friends. Like, hey, I got today's in three. Um, and Ooh, for the purpose, I'm, I'm two in, and I've only got the first letter. I've only uh, got the first letter, and I'm like, I'm, I'm clueless, man. It's it's really killing me. Yes. 
Yes, I won't tell you. Uh, but for the purposes of today's show, this is the ritual that the the subject of the story has with her family. Now, put that to, to the side here. Remember that Wordle is a ritual for this person and their immediate family. Imagine, if you will, you're lying in bed. It's very late. It's dark everywhere. Your lights are all out except for the ones you keep on. Uh, during the night so you don't stumble over yourself when you go to the bathroom. Uh, you awake all of a sudden and standing in your room just above you and beyond your bed, there is a naked man in his 30s with scissors in his hand. How do you react to that situation immediately upon waking? I don't know how I would react because I've never been in that situation, but I have a feeling the panic would set in very quickly and the fight or flight thing would happen. Well, for the subject of today's story, that is not what happened. She was very cool and collected in her response to this person being in her room at night. Who, by the way, is bleeding pretty profusely from his arm where he broke the window in order to gain entry into this person's house. Um, just unsettling all around. This is the story of Denise Holt. And this is something that really happened to her just a couple of weeks ago. It was a Saturday, and uh, everything seemed to be going fine, and then now she's stuck in this situation. I mentioned that she stayed calm and collected in this situation. Well, she, she did. She, uh, this man was apparently very cold, and he got into bed with her, and uh, she just said, okay, what, what do you need? What's going on? What can I do? How can I, you know, how can I help? Basically, you're in charge. What do we need to do here? The man held her hostage for, I believe, 17 to 20 hours, some sometime in there, but depending on the reporting that you can see from everything from CBS local to the Washington Post uh, to the independent. Uh, everybody's reporting on this right now. Again, I'm bringing you another one of these stories that's everywhere in the news. And have we mentioned uh, the age of the victim here? Oh, age of the victim. No is is 80. Uh, Denise Holt is an 80-year-old woman. She lives alone. And this is, a, 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 this is an astonishing story. So this man, who continued to be naked, who continued to uh, have a weapon because he went into the kitchen and got two knives out of the kitchen, then used those, essentially, to hold this woman hostage. Um, and he was shivering the entire time. He was apparently trying to warm himself up. He took a shower and he made Denise get in the shower with him. He then said he couldn't warm up enough. So he got into the bathtub and had made her get in the bathtub with him. Uh, according to the story, this isn't a story of sexual abuse. This is uh, mental and, you know, physical coercion and, and abuse of some way. But it's not a story about uh, sexual abuse, at least that what's been reported. He then ended up taking her down to a bathroom, I believe in the basement area, and kept her there, put a chair up against the door and locked her in the bathroom for hours and hours and hours. I think it was, I, oh, this is what it is, guys. I'm getting the, the time confused. It was 20 hours in total. 17 hours of that was her locked in the basement bathroom. And think about that. You're 80 years old. You live alone. Someone's just broken into your house randomly. You don't have access to your cell phone. The man went around the house and unplugged the landline phone. How do you alert anyone when you're stuck in the basement bathroom? 
Imagine that. What do you do? Well, uh, assuming you're not, uh, that's not a rhetorical question, Matt, then the answer, I would say, goes into basic kind of um, survival stuff, right? Like prior preparation is more advantageous than luck. So you want predictability, but predictability and prior preparation are things that people usually only appreciate after they should have already prepared. You know what I mean? For certain. I I think many of us never imagined that something like this could actually happen. I guess it's that space between over and under preparation, right? So where, where do you fall in? And this is a question to you listening right now. Where do you fall into that? But I think especially if you're 80 years old and you live alone, you just don't expect it to happen. But it does. She's stuck in that bathroom. How do you alert anyone? Well, here's the thing. It's an alert by not alerting. It's the lack of an alert, right? Like a dead hand situation. Her, Both of her daughters, who live very, very far away from her, are used to getting an, a Wordle update from her on a daily basis. And when they both did not receive that, and then they communicated together after not being able to get in touch with her via phone... They called a neighbor who then did a check on the house. They, you know, tried to get anyone's attention in the home. No one responded. He let the daughters know that the vehicle was there, that their mother drives. So that was a bit suspicious. So the daughters then from very far away called the local police and had them do a wellness check. And that is when Denise, locked in the basement, was able to yell to them and let them know that she is, in fact, in the home and someone is in the home with her. And that's how she was saved. It reminds me a lot of um, one of the one of the basic things for solo exploration. Uh, I've mentioned this before. If you're not familiar with the U.S., if you're from outside of that country, then you probably know like New York and Los Angeles, right? Uh, and may- maybe Chicago if you like comedy. Um, but a lot of people aren't fully aware of the scale of wilderness. In this country, there is a vast interior that is unmapped uh, to the point where the FBI doesn't even monitor disappearances in national parks. That's a true fact. So if you are uh, going out into the wild on your own, uh, one of the day one things you do is you establish a timeline and you tell people who are who are going to remain in civilization like, hey, Matt, Noel. I got a wild hair. I'm going to go explore, you know, the the most remote parts of Montana. But don't worry, I will check back in on Saturday. And if I don't check back in on Saturday, send someone. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's that's kind of what this luckily through uh, serendipity, uh, this person had established a routine and that routine may well have saved her life. Absolutely. I think it absolutely did. The In that 17 hours that she was stuck in the basement, the man apparently opened the door one time and simply remarked, oh, you, you didn't sleep, and then closed the door again, locked her back in. And meanwhile, she I told you that she took a shower and a bath with this guy. He didn't let her dry off and get changed or anything. She was still wet when she was placed into that uh, cold basement shower. And this is in Lincolnwood, Illinois, where it is not warm. Uh, at all, which, you know, makes you understand why whoever this naked man was that busted into the house uh, was probably freezing, uh, was actually physically freezing. 
That man, by the way, it's been reported by Chicago CBS station and a couple other places as James H. Davis III, who's 32 years old, facing felony charges. And, and likely, you know, this, wouldn't you say that this was like, I mean, I know you, you already alluded to it, but someone that will probably end up getting psychiatric, you know, confinement rather than uh, going to prison. Yes, according to the Washington Post and several other outlets, he was and the police who responded, who had to tase him through a hole that was cut in a door. Um, he was going through some kind of mental distress. And weirdly enough, to his credit, and according to um, the victim, he didn't actually harm her physically, but uh, he, you know, he did yeah, that's exert some, control like, serious of psychological it, torment. Yeah, like it, yeah. Lord. Uh, it's just, you know, we've seen many of these stories where that situation ends very differently or maybe even begins very differently uh, where violence is immediately involved. It reminds me of an episode of uh, Six Feet Under where one of the characters who you've grown to really love is abducted and taken uh, on a nightmarish van ride uh, around Los Angeles. And it's more about the mental you know, abuse than it is physical. There is physical abuse that takes place for sure. But to me, the thing that always made me most terrified by that episode and like really, you know, feeling uh, completely <laughs> kind of taken advantage of emotionally, you know, in terms of seeing this character that I grew up to love being treated this way was all of the, you know, are you going to, is he going to let him go? Oh, he seems like he's going to, and then he doesn't. Um, and that's, that can really leave a lasting impression you know if that happens in real life like total ptsd especially for an older woman i mean i just can't imagine right let's talk in real world terms because i think there's something valuable that everybody listening today can take away from from this story mm -hmm. and it is uh it is ultimately a dilemma of the role in the role you want predictability to play a part in your personal life. So if you are living alone, living alone is awesome, by the way, but everybody who's lived alone has had that moment where they think, oh, if I slip and fall or if something goes sideways, I could be in a real pickle. Who is going to find me? You know what I mean? We all know those anecdotes of, you know, a person's body being discovered because of the smell in an apartment. And it's a grisly thing to talk about, but it's important to acknowledge because it happens. Uh, you can build this sort of protective predictability into your life. Uh, but I would say, and I know this applies to some of us listening today, I would say you are, you can also be in situations where you need unpredictability. Like if you're in a hostile or hairy place, or you're trying to escape a domestic violence situation, which is tragic and widespread throughout the world, uh, then you are going to want to do basic tradecraft stuff like alter your everyday roots. You don't go to the same place every day. And if you have to go to the same place, try to vary your time, but try to vary how you get there. Um, that is a real thing. But in this case, for most folks, I would say, at least at this point, uh, for most folks and most of your loved ones, uh, you do want to bake in something that is is kind of an a, a accounta accountability thing, a buddy system. You want an accountability buddy? You know what I mean? Like, uh, we're very fortunate here because we are literally like in contact every day. If something 
happens to like dock or to mission control, then we're going to know about it pretty quickly. And the same with the, the three of us, but not everybody has that. So if you have someone in your life who is kind of flying solo, whether for a short thing like a off-the-grid trip or whether they are living alone, uh, it is important to establish routines of contact just for situations like this. It's not paranoid. It's not over-preparation. Uh, this person was very, very fortunate, uh, and she's very lucky to have awesome kids like this, awesome neighbors. Um, I, I myself have instituted ritualized check-ins with uh, several people who are in situations like this. And it it can feel like you're being a little paranoid, but it only feels that way so long as nothing bad happens. It's worth the investment. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I yield my time. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. No, you're right, Ben. The whole point of bringing this up in today's episode is to make that point. Um, establish some kind of contact, especially if you live alone, just to make sure somebody sends... You know, either a neighbor or a friend or the police to check on you if you are not in contact for any reason. Uh, it's, a, it's a good thing to have. A little backup plan. All right. Well, uh, now we'll all sleep soundly tonight, I'm sure. And with that, we'll hear a word from our sponsors, probably a mattress, hopefully. And we'll be right back with more strange news. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs, on-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, Podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 2424 Two four to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're back. And is it part of the drinking game if Noel does a... Uh, strange news story about cryptocurrency. Probably no, no. Be. I think it's. I um, think it's just a phase at this point. But I think we all kind of <laughs> like getting the shout out. So, like, if you want to, maybe we could all, maybe we could all do an enrichment exercise together and write a list of our our things and make the most dangerous drinking game in podcasting. But this is no. Ooh, this is that where you like? Is that where you hunt um, a human being as part of a drinking <laughs> game? The most dangerous drinking game. The most dangerous drinking game. Yes, get drunk and go on a manhunt. But um, but I I know you're you're alluding to uh, the crypto aspects of this story. But as as longtime listeners know, we all love a good heist. We uh, oh, you yeah. know behind the scenes we love heist so much that uh, one of the other shows we recently created get thee to a podcast platform and listen to it now is called Ridiculous Crime. So if you don't like the exploitative aspects of crime, you know like the um, the really morbid uh, descriptions of bodies and murders and assaults, but you love hearing about capers and heist. And uh, and I'll say it, everybody take a shot. The cartoonish lengths people will go uh, to get on the wrong side of the law. Check out Ridiculous Crime and just to prove how much we love a heist. Oh, man, I'm excited yeah. about this. Well, and also key in, in what uh, what Zara and, and Elizabeth do on Ridiculous Crime is like oftentimes these crimes are perpetrated by pretty stupid people who make some pretty boneheaded decisions. Um, and, you know, the jury's still out. On this couple we're going to talk about today, sort of <laughs> entirely out. Um, essentially, this couple, um, Heather Morgan and Ilya Lichtenstein, uh, essentially perpetrated through various means uh, the laundering of one of the largest sums of cryptocurrency ever to be stolen. And we'll get to this specific number of Bitcoin um, because, as we know, Bitcoin is uh, fluctuates depending on what's going on in the market, and it can fluctuate wildly. So, at the time of the publication of this uh, piece on Motherboard uh, by Tim Marchman, Joseph Cox, Jordan Pearson, Jason Kobler, and Lorenzo Franceschi uh, Bicchiare, uh, Bic Bic Bicchiare, I think that's right. Uh, serious team effort on this one. It's a very very good article. Um, the Amount in question was roughly $5 billion. So it's been reported different amounts, different places, depending on, you know, the current price of Bitcoin. Um, but the point is, these two people, they are, they stand accused of a serious crime. Um, their bails have been set in the millions of dollars. Uh, and it is not looking good for them. Um, but, you know, to, to Ben's point about the kind of comedic aspect of this uh, and, and, and tying it into kind of like boneheaded capers, these two folks are not exactly the type you would think would be responsible for such a massive heist. Uh, Heather in particular, Heather Morgan is sort of a self-styled 
internet meme, like influencer, comedian. She's been described, it's self-described usually as a surrealist artist, uh, a cringe rapper. Um, she goes by the handle RazzleCon. Uh, <laughs> No, I know yeah, this is. That, that, yeah. And she justifies that name saying that she's like Genghis Khan, but has more pizzazz, hence Razzle Khan. You Get know? it? Um, you, you talking about Turkish cute, right? Martha Stewart? Uh, Turkish Martha Stewart. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. I'm trying to think. She's got, you know, she came out with a song recently called Gilfalicious, which is a rap song. Uh, talking about wanting to become a grandma I'd like to fill in the blanks with. Um, oh, okay. You so know, that, wouldn't that be so a to gilf, play to play to play Wordle with Gilf E T B a Gilfin? <laughs> uh, grandma I'd like to fill in the blanks with? Oh don't, yeah, guys, well, just, don't you know, fill in the blanks, kind please. Of the, we're a family show we're a family show and also real quick real quick um you know that's not to shame anybody's creative endeavors we're not talking about this person as a musician right if you if you have a creative urge you know do it for yourself don't worry about what other people think of you we believe in you if you make music or write stories we'd love to hear them we encourage creative expression. Just maybe not. Of course we do. Heist. Yeah, we, we do. We do. And, and, you know, and when you look at like a lot of her, um, Counts have been kind of stricken from the internet uh, after all this stuff. I mean, I imagine she did that herself because uh, that's usually how things get stricken from the internet. Um, it's not like, you know, you can just have someone's presence erased by a third party. Uh, I imagine when the heat started, you know, um, getting on, as they say, uh, she probably went through and, and maybe deleted some of these, uh, you know, videos, even though it's interesting because it's very clear that she wanted to be very famous um, and now she's getting her wish. She, you know, let's see, I'm trying to think of some other examples. Like, you know what? Let's just, sh- let's just play a clip from, from a track, a Razzle Khan track, uh, called Versace Bedouin. Razzle Khan, the Versace Bedouin. Come real far, but don't know where I'm heading. Mother crocodile of Wall Street. Silver on my fingers and boots on my feet. Always be a goat, not a damn sheep. Email me, your message at the beep. Yeah, there, so there's that. Um, again, no no shade on anyone trying to express themselves creatively, but you know there is good rap and then there's bad rap, and this is pretty bad. Uh, and it's not. I, I don't quite get the joke. You know what I mean? Like I don't. I don't know how self aware it is. Is my issue. Like if you're doing a Tim and Eric type bit, and it's sort of like you're you're doing a character that's like bad at something, but you're leaning into it so hard that that is the joke. Or like one of those shaggy dog jokes that they do on Family Guy, where it's like you know Peter, you know, making a sound for five minutes because his knee hurts. Like yeah, that's committing to a bit, and I, I get that, and that can be funny if used correctly. This to me just seems like someone who really thinks that they're the and like, you know, putting it all out there and it's just kind of, you know, it's not good. (laughs) It's not good. Uh, Some of the, uh, um, responses to the um, the you know, now now that you know they've obviously they're getting a big name for for not you know what she wanted uh, some of the responses on YouTube to the video the only crime here is her quote rapping end quote um, few I was scared that the world had lost this gem forever somebody had reposted this recently uh, this this right here is the genius behind the world's biggest heist uh, bit finex got taken for seventy one mil now four point five bill by razzle dazzle please tell me she is just the fall guy 
Ahaha. Interesting point. Uh, just the moron innocent uh, framed by the real mastermind. Next, we'll be hearing Satoshi Nakamoto directed this video. Um, yeah, it's very cute. So you heard the, the name Bitfinex. Bitfinex is an exchange. You'll, you'll recall back in the day, one of the original, the OG biggest crypto heists was from an exchange called Mt. Gox, which got taken down by hackers. Uh, and usually when something like this happens, the parties responsible never get caught uh, because they do a really good job of you know hiding their identity. And while Razzle Khan and her husband did do some things to help hide their identity. They did a really bad job of it. And it basically just kind of caused the investigators looking into the case to have to like go through a few, you know, loopholes to, to, to find their true identity. Um, again, we've talked about this off mic and this is such a crazy and developing story. And this feels like the kind of thing, like the, you know, fire fest kind of deal. Like where it's just, it's just drawing attention to such a like rotten core of like influencer culture and all of this like weird materialism. I guess that's why I'm fascinated by like the Bitcoin stuff and, and the crypto stuff stuff and NFTs, because it really is just kind of shining a light on how far, <laughs> you know, a field things have gone in terms of like our culture and what is and is not acceptable and just the, the weird, gross levels of like indulgence and, and absurd wealth with no direction. You know what I mean? And I think this is like going to be that kind of story. And I bet you we'll have competing uh, documentaries about this as well. But before that happens, we will have a stuff. They don't want you to know episode about it. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. But so they did do some things like they, uh, they, they funneled some of it into like PlayStation bucks and, and into like Walmart gift cards and like, you know, uh, gift cards for hotels.com and some other things. Um, and then a lot of the money just like sat in uh, in, in an account. And again, this is the Bitfinex was the the exchange that was you know uh, knocked over. Um, and essentially, the implication is that they were laundering money for somebody else. But we don't know, and may never know who those other people, those other parties are. And now um, Liechtenstein and Morgan are in custody waiting for a hearing. Their attorneys haven't responded well with any, you know, comments on the story. Um, it is the largest single seizure, according to the Washington Post, of funds in Justice Department history. So far. Uh, so far. <laughs> uh, and and by the way, you know, you mentioned the, what do you say? What do we say? Uh, Versace Bedouin uh, was the other one. The Turkish Martha Stewart. Um, one of the other honorifics that uh, Morgan gave to herself was the crocodile of Wall Street. And she does have some bona fides to back that up. I mean, she went to business school and has, you know, lectured pretty extensively on kind of culture jamming, like finance kind of stuff, you know. And her husband as well described her partner, I'm not quite sure if they're married or not, uh, described himself describes himself as a tech entrepreneur, explorer, and occasional magician. Um, while Morgan takes it even further and describes herself as like, you know, author, um, you know, raconteur, you know, genius, motivational speaker, like one of those kind of deals where you really say, oh, wow, this person really thinks quite a lot of themselves. 
Um, and she is a smart person. She's got some friends that have commented on on her after the story blew up, and everyone's like, "Wow, I had no idea." Um, a friend of hers. Uh, Important point. Yeah. Being intelligent does not make you necessarily a good person. Any more than being 100%. funny necessarily makes you a good person. But you can respect intelligence and acknowledge it without applying, you know, like a a moral value to it. I uh, I I'm a little torn on this one because I I don't like you know shaming anyone's creativity, and there is a certain amount of creativity to a good heist, right? That's why we talk about them so much, but. But this is definitely crime. And and Noel, could you like, so they got caught in like the classic mistake that government level conspirators make. They didn't get necessarily caught just for the crime. The breakthrough in the case was them trying to cover it up. Is that correct? Yeah, it is correct. And again, we don't have all of the details um, for this. At the time of the theft, by the way, the amount of Bitcoin that was stolen from Bitfinex was worth $71 million. But now it's appreciated so much over the years, the total value. Again, in this article, it's saying $4.5 billion. Excuse me. Um, then there's others that say $3.6 billion. Federal officials say they seized 94,000 stolen Bitcoins with an estimated value of $3.6 billion. But that, they stole more than that. They only recovered 3.6. So that's the discrepancy in the numbers in addition to the fact that, um, you know, the, the value changes depending on when the reporting uh, takes place. So, um, yeah, again, single largest, largest single seizure of funds in the history of the Justice Department and certainly one of the most high profile prosecutions ever uh, to emerge from a new um, kind of uh, digital division, I guess, or at the very least, a new uh, task force that's designed specifically to investigate crypto crimes. Um, and uh, Deputy Attorney General Lisa O. Monaco had this to say, cryptocurrency is not a safe haven for criminals, and that this heist was perpetrated or this laundering effort was perpetrated uh, by Liechtenstein and Morgan trying to uh, obscure these transactions through a labyrinth of cryptocurrency exchanges. And when I say exchanges, I mean like you know trading them and, and moving them around um, again. A lot of the stuff is over my head, uh, and a lot of the stuff is not even something that we know about yet. But Bitfinex had actually uh, offered a reward, potentially worth hundreds of millions of dollars uh, for information leading to the, the folks who stole these funds. Um, and we're not sure if that uh, was the fact came into play uh, in, in any way in, in this, um, you know, finding out uh, who was at the center of this. Um, but it's very, very interesting. And again, I think we should probably leave it here uh, and, and, and really dig deep into the background of these these two. And if there is the potential, as that YouTube commenter said, and as many uh, sources that I've read on this about suggest, um, these two might have been patsies to some degree. Certainly possible because uh, they apparently, you know, there's a video again, you know, I know that she had a certain performance art bent to this weird rap persona and to a lot of the stuff. Like there's a video of of Morgan, like eating cat food and for fun, I guess. And, uh, you know, for art. And also, I mean, she just she compared herself to folks like Bukowski and Hunter S. Thompson and, you know, other kind of weirdo outsider artists and writers. So she definitely you know, was into weird stuff, which I think we all are. Um, the question is in the execution. And again, I, I'm with you, Ben. I'm not trying to 
shut down anybody's creativity. But uh, it does strike me as like, I don't know, the guys I always referenced, my, my, my dudes over at Internet Today, um, the YouTube channel, they made the point that like, what a weird place too to try to pull off this level of money laundering. Like, don't people usually move to like Monaco or something to do things like this? Like living in one of the most heavily financially regulated states and cities in like the world, New York City, and trying to pull this off pretty flagrantly, um, it seems like a pretty boneheaded move. So we'll see what, what other information comes to light, that, that whether these folks were, in fact, uh, um, steamrolled by, you know, uh, a hidden hand. I don't think it's uh, beyond the realm of possibility, let's say. I would just say that the surprising thing is exactly what you just mentioned there, Noel. The size of this heist, the quickness and accuracy in which it was pulled off and then the seeming ineptitude from the people who pulled it off when it comes to doing a criminal act uh exactly what you're talking about it just uh it's very very strange story it should be noted that today as we record this episode valentine's day the couple is in court i think or it was in court earlier today in new york love it so we'll see valentine's court (laughs) and last thing i sort of you know indicated this uh before they didn't like go on some kind of mad spending spree either which is interesting i mean you know there's in this photographs of their apartment which was rented um and and it was like littered with like cat toys and and they had like books that were hollowed out that i think you know how we've talked about like hot wallets and 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 cold wallets or or, you know where like uh uh you can have a wallet with bitcoin on it that is not connected to the internet um i think that's what was in these hollowed out books maybe they had like drives with the stolen goods on it the stolen soft goods that were like hidden inside of these books i i think i'm I'm not 100 percent sure about that um but they they didn't buy real estate. They didn't do any crazy drug lordy type things. They apparently only spent it on uh, gold. <laughs> some some on gold. They don't have an exact number of how much they spent. Uh, NFTs and also Walmart gift cards, uh, Uber gift cards, Hotels.com gift cards, and PlayStation bucks. That makes sense. Proxies. I'm still stuck on the idea of Valentine's Court. And, and you know what? I'm going to call it. You're all guilty of being loved. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, one would hope, uh, and I sure hope their relationship weathers this uh, <laughs> this particular hiccup. Um, you, know, you know, they seem to like they maybe love each other very much, but who's to say? We will find out more soon. I want to know more about these people. Lichtenstein, really precious little about him. <laughs> All the reporting seems to focus on Morgan because she's such a character. Uh, He's a part-time magician, so. right? He did. He did say that. Yeah, that's at the end of his like LinkedIn profile or something. Part-time magician. I love that. I love. I love magic. I love. I love sleight of hand. This is a different kind of sleight of hand that they pulled off, though, isn't it? Digital. Um, so let's take a quick break and hear from a sponsor, and then we'll come back with one more piece of strange news. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not hundred percent sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. 
With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, Podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 2424 Two four to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. And we have returned not just to today's show, but to a larger conversation. So much stuff happened over the past few years that uh, you shouldn't beat yourself up if you're not able to keep track of all of it. Uh, But it appears in the world of QAnon, there are still some optimists who said, forget the pizza gators. We should go after the uh, lepidopterist. Uh, Let me not accidentally freestyle here, uh, although I am technically quite good at it. Today's final segment is about a weird QAnon thing. So as we mentioned at the very top, lepidopterist is just a, a fancy word for individuals who study the fancy flying insects, the butterflies, the moths, and what have you. They're not the type of folks that you would associate with vast deep state conspiracies unless you have been taken in by the beliefs of QAnon. And we've talked about QAnon in depth. As a matter of fact, full disclosure, uh, we received some virulent feedback Uh, typically by people who were too afraid to talk to us directly. When we busted some QAnon myths, what they did instead was they they gathered in some far, far right corners of the internet and then gave us bad reviews, which is fine. That's what the review system exists for. Um, I personally would have respected it more if they had had the chutzpah to write to us directly, but they didn't because we're correct. So 
let me just air my beef there real quick. Um, one of the big things, just to catch everybody up, one of the big things in the agglomeration of QAnon conspiracy thought uh, was the idea that the uh, deep state, and something like the deep state does exist, but the the idea that the deep state was involved in um, satanic-themed occult activities to engage in mass abuse of children. So it's it's not a very original thought. It has its roots in like blood libel and anti-Semitism. It has its roots in satanic panics. Um, it has its roots in earlier theories. And it just sort of got spun out into a like quote unquote new thing. The same way that Taco Bell will figure out a different way to rearrange the same ingredients. And they're like, boom, now we've got a, you know, um, uh, what's a good example? A chalupa, right? Chalupa, that's a thing still? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what is it? What is it's just like a it's like a it's like a like a thick, soft taco kind of, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's not bad. Not bad. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh it's no case in the end. But here's what happened. So Pizzagate was a term that got thrown around quite uh quite often in recent years. And the idea of this belief that went viral during the 2016 election was based on the hacked emails of a guy named John Podesta, who at the time was working for a politician here in the U.S., Hillary Clinton, former Secretary of State, former presidential candidate. WikiLeaks published his emails and people read into them in great detail and sort of extrapolated a lot of stuff. They fell victim to the human need for pattern recognition. And what they concluded is that these emails were sending coded messages and the coded messages uh, were referring to abusive children. Uh, this culminated in the owners of a place called Comet Pizza, which I don't think the three of us have ever visited, the owners of this place were harassed uh, to the point where uh, people had shown up there with firearms. And in their minds, it's very important not to necessarily vilify these people. In their minds, they were trying to correct a great injustice. They were trying to save the children. Just powerful motivation. It just happens that in this case, they were incorrect. Comet Pizza did not, in fact, function as a hub of trafficking uh, of any sort. I mean, I guess they, you could say they traffic pizza pie, right? Maybe? They traffic that cheese. Yeah, yeah. They are, they are definitely deep with big cheese. The big cheese conspiracy is real. The Pizzagate one is, is easily debunked. Anyway, so like a lot of cultish belief systems, uh, the QAnon thing, which was not monolithic, right? Uh, the QAnon thing had baked in some expiration dates, right? And we, we do have a deep dive on this, and it is worth your time if you're not familiar with the, the entirety of the story and the context. But, you know, just like an end-of-days cult, the milestones they were waiting for never came, never came to be. And every time one of those milestones did not turn out to be true, the predictions didn't hold water, then the goalpost got moved. Because if you want to control people in a cult-ish or cultic environment, what you do is continually 
move those goalposts. It's always on to the next thing. And that's what happened here. Back to Lepidopterus. There is a place that most of us have never visited and probably never heard about in Mission, Texas. It's called the National Butterfly Center. It is a nonprofit. It is so incredibly innocuous. It's a project of the North American Butterfly Association. What I'm saying is Spectre or Cobra, these folks are not. They're just super, super duper into butterflies and the role they play in ecology. And, you know, butterflies are pretty to look at, even if you're partially colorblind like me. But it got targeted recently by uh, by folks who still subscribe to QAnon. And they said this is this center is like Comet Pizza, a hub of trafficking. The goalpost has moved. Now we found the real one. It was the butterflies the entire time. And I would advance to you, I think, Matt, this is probably something on your mind as well, I advance to you that part of this reasoning is based on the concept of Project Monarch, which was, uh, which is, a, in conspiracy lore, it is the belief that the U.S. government and private powerful interests had engaged in mind control through child abuse and just successfully covered it up, despite the fact that there are numerous people that publicly claiming that they were part of this, that they were victimized by this program. So that got transmogrified. It got adapted into the idea, right? Like they're monarch butterflies. So why not? Let's just Charlie Day some red string, right? Between these two ideas. There are definitely advertisements and signage for the National Butterfly Center in Texas that feature a giant monarch. Exactly. Exactly. And so this this caught fire uh, with, with proponents of various QAnon theories. And just like the case of Comet, things that could have existed as fun thought experiments in forums had real-world consequences. As we are recording now, the National Butterfly Center there in Mission, Texas, had to close down because there was an escalating harassment pattern that included death threats, that included physical trespassing. If you want to check out, if you want to check out the uh, Butterfly Center's response, I would point you to Mariana Trevino Wright. She's the executive director of this center, and she has her views of when this started. She she blames uh, Steve Bannon, actually, or she says the harassment started way back in 2019. It just wasn't making the news because, let's be honest, even though butterflies and moths are important to the world's ecology, relatively few people wake up thinking about them, right? They don't make news. So Wright says that in 2019, uh, Steve Bannon's fundraising org, We Build the Wall, decided to start a project in the same town, in Mission, Texas, and they tried to buy land adjacent to the Butterfly Center. And Wright is of the belief, as far as I understand, that this organization started building a smear campaign against them to bolster fundraising. Uh, they were not just accused of being a human trafficking front. They were accused of being a front for cartels. Uh, and this this was a asymmetric assault. This was an information war as well as um, a series of physical incidents. 
Uh, they also, it's so weird, you guys, because it also goes down into just the kind of petty complaints that you would see on neighborhood social forums like Nextdoor, if anybody sure. is familiar with Nextdoor. These hapless lepidopterists who want nothing more than to learn more about butterflies and to make people more aware of the role these insects play in, in the natural world. These folks were astounded when they saw that um, their legal disputes were leading to a hate campaign. There were folks who were like cutting down trees on their property, mowing down their brush. Uh, and they, this was sort of like the first, the first foray. Uh, Wright says the, I'm just going to call them the, uh, the butterfly gang, kind of like apple dumpling gang. I think that's, it's good. I'm getting some nods on there. Okay. So the butterfly, oh, yeah. <laughs> the butterfly gang said, we found these strangers on our land and we said, who are you? What are you doing? And they said, the government sent us to clear this land for the border wall, which was not true. Unless you think the government was this fundraising organization, which to be clear, it's not. So ultimately. Who knows at this point, Ben? Could be anything. Who knows? Just who, who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, there is a great Vonnegut story. I think it's Vonnegut um, about how the world is secretly run by a conclave of the smartest people on the planet just playing arbitrary games of chance. Um, that may well be the case. You know what I mean? Uh, anyway, so they take this to court. Their lawsuit gets dismissed. Um, at this time, then-President Trump uh, declares a state of emergency, and Wright says this state of emergency is declared so that the administration can take funds and build a border wall. As you will recall, especially if you live in the U.S., uh, that was one of the key platforms of that presidential campaign, and that's something the administration really stuck to its guns on, the idea of building physical barriers between uh, Mexico and the U.S., so they eventually have had enough of this. You can't put these lepidopterists in danger because people have been radicalized online. So the board of directors says, we're going to suspend operations. We're going to close for the safety of our staff. These threats have done what COVID could not, and they have shut us down. Uh, they did say, at least Wright says, that local law enforcement has been supportive so they're not ignoring the problem but right now they don't know how long the butterfly center is going to be closed and i you know um i keep going back to the q the q episode we did and some of the segments we did and some of the conversation and interviews that i have had with people on either side of that belief system and the issue here I think one of the takeaways here is simply this. If you are subscribed to a set of beliefs that does not accept healthy skepticism, that does not accept critical thought, and that perhaps most importantly, always moves the goalpost of prediction and order of operations, then you need to have a very serious, in the South, they would call it a come to Jesus moment. You need to have a very serious come to Jesus moment with yourself about 
what the ultimate end game is and how you figure into it. And why does it seem like there's jam yesterday, jam tomorrow, but never, ever jam today? Um, and I don't know. Don't beat up nerds. I'm super biased. We're nerds. Yeah. Guys, we're nerds, right? We've all accepted I've that. Have you, have you guys ever been targeted for your nerddom? I think that would feel really invasive and horrible. I have. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, I, I don't know that I have specifically in that way, but I know that I would feel really victimized. I'm a nerd that can fight, you know? Oh, um, fair. Fair. Yep. I, yeah. I was just going to bring up, try playing Magic the Gathering in your middle school uh, lunchroom and see what happens. Um I want to read you guys a review that I found on maps.google.com when you find the Butterfly Center there in Mission. Uh, This is from J.E. J.E. states, I saw eight butterflies in total. While we were there, we could hear gunshots in the near distance. The drive-through part was horrible. On the upside, the two staff I encountered were friendly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah. What do you? I mean, of course, little lepidopterus, <laughs> right? Uh, so, so uh, I mean, the the implication is that this is being used as a haven for nefarious activity, or is there some impli- something implicating the butterflies themselves? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I'm I'm speculating that this is based on um, taking the earlier folklore about Project Monarch, and we should do an episode on Project Monarch. It is a fascinating thing to unpack. Um, Also, whenever we're talking about victimization of the vulnerable, it is crucial for us to point out that large-scale abuse operations have occurred, okay? Epstein was real. That whole thing actually happened. Uh, Prince Andrew is never going to go to jail because the aristocrats drew the line and that level of accountability. Uh, And the Detroit affair in Belgium, also real. Pizzagate? Not real, but things like this have happened. Also, uh, why did the UK shut down the investigations into things like Operation U-Tree and that creepy, creepy Jimmy Savile character? Like these these things are real, but the the butterfly people are not part of it. They're like (laughs) clearly, clearly not involved. And uh, sadly, this also gets support from people in power from some politicians uh, domestically. And and it's always phrased in like a I'm just saying kind of way or the uh, rhetorical device where you phrase something as a question to dodge accountability for the beliefs that you are attempting to propagate, often as a bad faith actor. Um, I, I think it's important to bring this up because this is an opportunity for people to exercise exercise some empathy, exercise some humanity. I've said it before, and I will say it again. Most people are incredibly intelligent if they are given the opportunity to consider all of the facts and all of the context. And right now, in the world of ubiquitous information, there's a great deal of time and energy being spent on disincentivizing people from learning all of the facts. I think we will revisit QAnon in a future episode. uh, And the stuff that we find might surprise you. It won't be entirely a hit piece because we rarely do things that are entirely hit pieces. Uh, Those are 
maybe fun to do and they feel like very self-righteous, but they also often miss accuracy and valid points. So that is where we are going to call it today. We hope you enjoyed this week's strange news. What's your take on Wordle? What's the uh, biggest heist you know of? Uh, Again, as always, the Clarion Call, feel free to send us uh, the fruits of your creative endeavors. Uh, we love hearing about people's creative expressions. And you know what? If we are wrong about the Butterfly Center, if for some reason the National Butterfly Center there in Mission, Texas, is indeed part of uh, some insidious trafficking hub, then let us know and back up those claims with some proof because that is the one thing that QAnon consistently fails to do. We can't wait to hear from you. We try to be easy to find online. Hey, tell us how you feel on the internet. You can find us under the handle Conspiracy Stuff. We are uh, at Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook, where we also have a Facebook group called Here's Where It Gets Crazy. If you want to find us on Instagram, you can hit us up at Conspiracy Stuff Show. But there's more. You can do it in more of like an analog way, if you wish, can't you? Yes, if you don't like social media, but you still like your phone and you like to talk, call one eight three three stdwytk Please give yourself a really cool nickname. We would appreciate it. We think it's fun. You've got three minutes. Say whatever you'd like. Please include whether or not you give us permission to use your voice and message on the air. If you've got more to say than can fit in that three minutes, instead consider sending us an email. We are conspiracy at iheartradio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. 